right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Serious Angler podcast. Back again with the last and final fantasy fishing show of the year. Uh, we are Sarah-less. Uh, <laughs> if we can get a where is Sarah in the chat, get that going for when he does get here in time. He says he's going to be a little late tonight. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we made fun of Deacon all fantasy fishing this year. calling Somehow we got names. Do you guys remember how we got named Sarah? Boomer. Is it Boomer? <laughs> Yep. I don't know how it was Sarah. Homer's muted. Was... <laughs> he said something. Oh, somehow. Boomer, you got to unmute yourself. <laughs> Technology is hard. There you go. There we go. It it is. Is. Yeah. No, I started it. <laughs> but yeah, I can't are... remember what it was either, too, but he probably said something and I fried him for it. Didn't you get pulled over and, and no, that was. That was after the Where is Sarah? Oh, okay. Okay. Where is Sarah? But the Where is Sarah, in all fairness, is just purely out of concern. We're concerned where Sarah yeah. is. So <laughs> everybody needs to comment where where is Sarah. You know where Sarah know. is. If you know about Sarah's whereabouts, please let us know in the chat. He's gonna start showing up on Milk Carton soon. Oh, it's scary. Milk cartons oh, and all across the city. Yep. <laughs> Well, for, for folks tuning in, obviously, uh, the Elite Series season, fantasy fishing season has been done uh, for a little bit now, but as schedules were hectic as all hell, this was finally a time where we could get everybody's schedules to meet back well, for one final show. To start. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be here. I want, we late. should set like a time clock for Did him. he get last? I get running time. I, I hope so. For I, feel I like think he should lose won. a spot. For every he's, 10 minutes that he get, he should fall a spot. Like no, I think it's uh, every second he's out is a point deducted, so it just gets a yeah, time okay. tally that just keeps mm-hmm. knocking. <laughs> oh, That's brutal. <laughs> you take this stuff serious, Andy. <laughs> I like it. I'm all for it. But tonight, the the goal of tonight, obviously, we're going to crown the winners of fantasy fishing, but also drain the lake uh, from the 2023 season. Uh, I think it's pretty late to try and recap any events uh so i think what we'll do tonight is go into the 2024 schedules for bassmaster also major league fishing bpt um and i'll even pitch the question and i think it might be good to throw the poll in here for those that are watching live currently but obviously major league fishing has fantasy fishing now they've had it for i think two seasons should we add that as part of our gauntlet for next year that's just so much stuff <laughs> i'm in like whatever i'll probably forget yeah. to set my lineup every week or it could hold me accountable for it so <laughs> well the stakes are high because i think there was a trophy associated with the bassmaster version and mm-hmm. or for was it drain the lake was it like a, a 50 dollar or under lure yeah that's correct okay yeah. i got i got a heck of one prepared so be ready Two. 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 Uh-oh. All right. Well, while we wait for Deacon to join us, and before the shenanigans more than they already have begun, uh, I, did, I did want to call out one thing really fast because I feel like it would be an injustice to not mention it, being that this is, you know, we reach a decent amount of, of fishing folk in the community, um, and I don't want this to be, to go on a somber note, but I did want to call it out. Uh, really heartbreaking deal with the college angler from Purdue that unfortunately did not make it home from their event. Unfortunately, there was a 
car wreck, uh, and just really, really shitty to put bluntly. Um, really sucks to see. So hearts go out to uh, the, obviously the family, the friends, the, the team over there, and, and the school of Purdue. That's just a really, really shitty deal. It's a sad deal. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hopefully there's something that, you know, in any bad scenario that there could be some good come out of it. And if there is, if there's something that we can do, uh, we'll try to find, uh, do our best to find out and then help share with you guys. But really sucks. Um, can just you know, keep those, those folks in your thoughts. But uh, to turn that around, um, I'm sure. Oh, we're losing you there, Bailey. Your Wi-Fi is not good. It's gone. He is gone. He is frozen. He'll come him. back. Come on, Bailey. <laughs> Where's Bailey? You got right this. After, right after the somber moment, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's a bad deal. Does anyone know what happened, like what caused the car accident? Or Can you guys hear me now? Just hear you. There you are. What? There he is. You got me now? Back. Dude, I swear, like, I moved my desk five feet in my little studio down here. And it's ever since I moved my desk, it's been going haywire. So I think I need to move it five feet back where I never had an issue. Probably yeah, you're in the dead picture. zone. Apparently. I guess so. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you guys left off because you froze for me too. So I don't know where that was. Well, you like off. froze at like the worst time. Like we're trying to find something to say about uh, horrible catastrophic things. And it was just when then you disappeared on us and left us in a lurch. Oh. So Andy was about ready to like, I think he was going to go into a sermon and it was going to be good. Speech. He was I, about I, to save you. He was going to speech. Yeah. That's not yeah. me, but yeah, I could have tried, I guess. Yeah. Well, like I my mom used to always say in those situations, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. So that kind of stuff is tough, man. Especially I got kids are getting older. I can only imagine. So there is no thing you can say, thing you could do. That stuff's horrible, miserable part of the, the life we live so there's my sermon yeah now let's make fun of somebody like where's deacon or something let's change the mood yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah when he comes in here we'll uh we'll let it rip so like i i don't know where i cut out but I, what i was trying to cap off was that if there was some good to come out of it that will let people know um that way we can try to help best we can as a fishing community um but turning around from that Obviously, we're going to be talking crap to each other all night. So I encourage the chat <laughs> to get in as best you can on talking crap <laughs> with us tonight uh, as we go through this. So I don't know if I – do we want to get into the recap of the year uh, before Deacon gets here or wait for Deacon to get here? I feel like we got to wait for, for Sarah, don't we? It's only right. I mean – What else – I mean, you could talk about the Opens. Yeah, I got something to say about the opens. I, I've heard a lot of things about the opens. Uh, by all means, let it rip. Well, I want to. I want to congratulate Mr. Ben Milliken and all the rest of the crew that may not have been getting the limelight. Um, unbelievable feat to qualify for the Elite Series, but I just wanted to share maybe a little personal note of my experiences, like. Um, as it relates to Ben qualifying, like two years ago, I want to tell you, he was maybe not on the fence about 
joining the opens and if he wanted to participate and there was maybe some business decisions involved, like um, if it was something that he felt was worth his while with the success that he had with his business going at the time and maybe some holes in his game. Um, and then fast forward two years later, I'm in the back of his boat um, in Texas and and he's literally making his deposit to, to join the opens. Um, and just to be kind of a fly on the wall and see that come full circle for him, I was just wanted to say like super, super, super excited for him, his family, um, you know, and looking forward to watching him for many years to come, hopefully on the elite series. So super cool. Oh, yeah. I'll reach you guys. That's a big deal too, because he's the first of the guys that started kind of on the YouTube, you know, you know, like he was a content creator and he, he got big in the sport on that side to be successful and make the elites. Cause for a while there, and there still is quite a few, a lot of those guys that got really famous through that content creation program, they all jumped in in like 21, 20 and 21. If you guys remember that, there's a lot mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. And I think that the, the world of touring and bass fishing is not pretty, you know, it's tough. And he's the first, I think, to actually cut it and make it. So Absolutely. I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I think, I think the key difference with him and I'm not putting words in his mouth. Um, I think the key difference with him is he was a, he was a tournament fisherman first and maybe a YouTuber second. And that right. was a, a huge difference between probably a majority of the other ones that, that attempted the same thing. Sarah, yeah. what are you doing? You keep going in and out. It's not me. Bailey's. It is you, Sarah. Admit it. You know what you're doing. <laughs> I just playing a little, little, <laughs> little playing putting him on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, just playing around. I, I'll say, I'll say, I'll second that tenfold uh it's super awesome to see and, and especially from the fact that he does such a good job from you know capturing that journey um this past year and will continue to do so um but i also want to say in a big shout out you know andy and i know him pretty well uh cal patrick's the hometown boy up here um whether some people claim virginia some people claim up here up, up in new york but he's uh he's rained hell on a bunch of our uh, the local scene up here in new york so i think he came home to him. summer for a little bit and won like every tournament he fished up here it was really impressive yeah <laughs> i mean he's one dude like uh this is the one thing i want to mention about this because uh, there's some, it's a great rookie class you know john garrett uh as we look forward to next year we'll, we'll get into this from predictions and standpoint eventually but uh, like some dang hammers going in next year, but I did see some comments. They're like, People, oh, the freaking live scope, or this, it's the live scope class. Kyle Patrick didn't have electronics on his boat a few years back when I met him for the first time. Got in his boat once before he went and was fishing a tournament. He was, at this point, he was winning everything locally. Was like he would fish three feet or less all the time in New York, where a lot of like guys win smallmouth stuff offshore, dude. In practice, this kid would bring goggles and swim trunks when he'd practice. And his way of figuring out shallow stuff was, hey, I, you go run the trolling motor. He goes swim down in the grass and figure out, like, stuff that was, like, down there that you couldn't see from the surface. Like, the <laughs> kid's right. another level, man. Like, <laughs> that's I got that out there. Give the kid, you know, some props because I'm hyped to see him make it. Uh, the original live scope. We have to change the name to Scoop Steve. <laughs> I, I did actually, I do remember verbatim in my mind, clear as day, 
telling them, I'm like, hey, just take my bait while you're at it. In case you see one, you can drop it down. It's a grinder, man. It's cool to see somebody work so hard. And it happens every year, right, the people that qualify. But I guess when you see somebody that you get to see in their life a little bit closer, it's cool to see all that hard work pay off. There's definitely a trend between the age of, you know, the age class of anglers qualifying each year and live scope, but like, I don't care. It's still a ton of hard work and and dedication, even if it is honing in on that live scope technique, like it's not going anywhere. So yeah, like double yeah. down on it, you know, good, good yeah, for them. That's a ton of hard work. Well, and also I would, all I would argue too, I think the people that I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and neglect and say that LiveScope isn't assisting that in regards mm-hmm. to the age. But I also say a big thing people don't mention is we're in the age of technology where like when you're eight years old, you can be on YouTube learning about bass fishing where that was like, you know, 20 years ago, you were learning from magazines or trying your best to get in someone else's boat to learn that. Like that was how you were learning where now it's at your fingertips where if they're not on the water, they are learning every single day that they as much as they want um so it's that has accelerated which i think has also been a big contribution to seeing younger kids that have the time have the freedom aren't married don't have kids things like that that can go and do that i think it's for sure deals but before we get there was a funny comment here uh from our buddy john king and just because it's this week i think it would be interesting to go around the horn here for you married folk well besides sarah uh and ask can we get some advice for my wedding night coming up this Saturday? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna jump I'm right on the horn here. Thing. So this happened at my wedding, and I will do the best job that I can to funnel you drinks on your big night because all of my groomsmen failed me miserably, and one of Amanda's best friends was like, "Why don't you have a drink?" I'm like, "Because I'm walking around here saying hi and thank you to everyone and my boys." left me dry so she ended up walking over like double hand margaritas and i was thrilled so i will do my best to keep you well uh hydrated through the festivities thank that's you Randy. Randy. Good job. my man that's good stuff so yeah i'll do my best to rally the troops to make sure you're well hydrated that's the only advice i have for you and just where were you at my wedding andy <laughs> i learned from my you did that for me yeah, so I got Funny. you. Any other? You don't want my advice. Boys? You don't. Want yeah, my, you don't want my advice. I I, I was carried out from my wedding uh, to my hotel room, where I later passed out and fell asleep. But uh, that said, you don't really want any of my advice. My friends were the opposite of Andy for me and fed me. <laughs> uh, they hydrated me, but not. Not in the right way. So <laughs> overhydrated. I was extremely hydrated. Yes. Good to know. Good to know. <clears throat> but I'm from Iowa, and that's what we do. So <laughs> it was it was a great time, and my friends had the time of their lives. So and you don't remember that, it much. It'll be a night that they remember, or some of them remember forever, <laughs> and me not whatsoever. So and a couple good. of well placed video cameras. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Oh gosh, that is awesome. My advice is burn it down. I mean, the best, way, I, the best way to burn it down. Have a good time. They, my oh, my brother took my mom's car for beer runs. And that was 20 years ago. Like, burn it down. Have a good burn time. It down. 
It's a celebration, you know? Have yeah, I mean, have a good time. Make sure you dance. I remember my wife's grandpa going to the car to get twine so he could tie his pants up because they kept falling down. He's dancing so much. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> like, like pay the de- de- deposit to wherever the reception is and burn it down. Have a good time. <laughs> That's the only advice I got. That's something to do. I'm gonna leave him like ah. Jake Boomer told me so. Sorry, guys. Fight <laughs> to match. Just you bring can, a big can. thing of yellow twine for keeping your pants up. <clears throat> Cut a rug. Burn it down. Yeah. You can expense it to Alpha Angler. <laughs> they told That's me right. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll That's give you awesome. an address to send the check to. Yeah. John yeah, King said he, he got 18 stitches his wedding night. Saddle <laughs> up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I don't want to know where those stitches were. I don't know. <laughs> Joe and John, who knows, man? Could be anywhere. But uh, all right, that, that was much appreciated. Well worth it. Um, I think let's get into recapping the year in regards to – we won't recap any events like I mentioned earlier. I think it, we're a little too far out to, to really talk about any specific events. But let's go through who won fantasy fishing. And then we'll go into Drain the Lake, and then we'll get into the 2024 schedules. Uh, so which one do you guys want to do first? I'll, I'll toss it to whoever answers first. Do you want to do Drain the Lake first or Fantasy Fishing? I think we do Fantasy Fishing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> All right, we'll do Drain the Lake, and then we'll do a little drum roll for, for Fantasy Fishing. How's that sound? Sounds good. like it. All right, so Drain the Lake. Pulling up standings here. We have in fifth, rounding out the caboose, Mr. Jake Boomer with 13,000 points, 13,656. That double goose egg in there really hurt. That definitely hurt big time. Yeah, you should probably pick a team, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll have text alerts next time, you know, Wednesday <laughs> night before the events start. Um, in fourth, uh, missing third by one single point, which in Drain the Lake I feel like is pretty wild, uh, is me. 16,014 points and beating me by one point, Mr. Andy Full. Second place, 42 points behind first. It was a tight race between Brendan and Deacon. But second place will be Brendan, leaving the crown to Mr. Great. Andy Sarah Deacon. Great. Well, when you take the math and you factor the amount of seconds he was late to this show tonight, I think that moves Brennan to the top. Exponential oh. <laughs> equals yeah. 14 minutes yeah. of being late. So now yeah. that, that so it's well, is it plus, plus he got a ticket one time and it was documented on this show on live. That's minus a thousand points. points. If you get a ticket in a while. tournament. That's a DQ, right? So he's DQ'd because he got a ticket. 100%, on the open highway across org. All right. This was not, and no, actually, I didn't you don't want to hear it, Sarah. You broke the law. I will. I talked myself out of a ticket. Okay. Did you you get your eyes, Sarah? Respect you points for talking yourself out. You win. It's fair. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, Deke. Well, the, the bet was for Drain the Lake that uh, a bait well, or a bait package up to 50 bucks will be sent to your doorstep. So you'll be seeing a package from each of us. Boom. Can I display mine right here, right now? Sure. I mean, yeah, that's with the deacon. He's the winner. Sure. Okay. Well, I'll show you what you won from me. Okay. And this comes with two precursors. Okay. Let it be known now. And it's documented here live in front of 
millions of people that are watching live. Oh, I won't do it. Millions. Show, go to his. Yeah, can you zoom in on him? Oh, jeez. Okay. OG Wigglewort in the package. I know you got a table rock tournament coming up. Hey, now we're talking. Okay, this, Man, was, my, this was the least desirable color of all the ones that I have in a package. <laughs> but it's yours. Is you that can, lime green? Sure is, but oh, I'll custom paint it for you if you need it painted a certain color. Wow. And then here's the color. Steelhead plug. Yeah. Here's the color that'll catch them. Oh, yeah. That's, that's nice. a wart, OG wart. See the right there on the bottom? That's oh, yeah. a wiggle wart. Okay. Dang. Here's your precursors, though. If you win, we'll figure out how to split the money up after. <laughs> and two, I want it back when I dominate your ass next year. Here we go. Oh, boom. <laughs> All right. Bravo. Okay. Bravo. Congratulations, Bravo. though, Sarah. Good job. <laughs> I will be sending you uh, the uh I was respect crankbaits from Amazon. I was gonna say <laughs> who's who's sending me some penis lures? I know that's not- <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was last year and Bailey never fished with the penis lure, so <laughs> Yeah, that needs to be. I take back these wiggle warts and I'm sending you penis lures. <laughs> <laughs> I'll custom paint them though. Oh, God. <laughs> One's going to have a bullseye on it. Don't worry. Yeah. I did totally forget that I lost last year and never did that. So I'm literally going to order them right now on Amazon as we have this show. And I will promise to get a real made of using this. They need to make like a giant raffle of lure penis lure, don't they? Like a big one. The like the giant X wrap you're talking? Yeah, like for sure. For sure. doesn't do what it. You see in tackle it. shops, like hung up. Just yeah. <laughs> Greatest sure. lure of all time. Oh, oh gosh. Boomer's like, I don't know why I'm with these schmucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about it. I forgot to go find some horrible tackle to get deacon well, I, we didn't plan it out we were just gonna when you you can order it you can send it yourself whatever you want to yeah. do i'm gonna get some like rusted jig heads from boom it's like well it's fifty dollars worth so it's six pounds of them yeah now, here's this well, football jig from when i was 12 years old mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll cost 50 bucks just to ship the box of rust i'm gonna yeah. send <laughs> shipping included <laughs> oh gosh that's amazing all right Shall we get on to fantasy fishing? If we must. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. If we must. I think I've shown I don't the trophy. Think I did very good. <laughs> I don't think so. I the winner of this, remember, wins this trophy and also me having to pay $100 shipping uh, <laughs> will win the accoladed fantasy champion Whoa. trophy that Mr. John King in the comments yeah, made our guy. himself. Holiday season. Shout out to John King. Anyone who's looking for some awesome woodworking stuff, this is the time. Yes. Nothing's dope. That is sick. So what we'll have to do with this, uh, being that it's the first year we're giving this out, is Boomer, when it gets to you, you'll have to sign and date it. And we'll try to keep that tradition going. Most And then ship it to whoever wins next year, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll just keep shipping it as winners go. Super cool. All right. Cool. Traveling trophy. Mm-hmm. All right. That's really cool. Fantasy fishing. In fifth place. Make sure my math is good here. With 9,740 points. Mr. Brennan Chapman rounding out the caboose. Rigged. <laughs> In fourth 
with 9,827 points. The captain, Mr. Andy Full. Not unless. Not unless, boys. (laughs) Nice job, Andy. (laughs) Everyone's rooting for you, Andy. Great work. In third, with 9,000, well, 47 points behind second, 9,920 points, Miss Sarah Deacon. Uh, And first was a good, what is that? Do math, Bailey. You can do this. Uh, you got it, Bailey. Come on. It's seven <laughs> about 700 points ahead of second place. Basically, almost a full event ahead points-wise. The rookie. The rookie, rookie. the beginner, Mr. Alpha Angler, Mr. Jake Boomer. Boom. 10,661 points. Well done, sir. I will get that trophy sent. Your direction sent all, all the way over to freaking Idaho, <laughs> Washington, Washington, Washington. Washington. Oh, screw me. Jokes on YouTube to have to figure out the shipping and pay for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So nice, He's even nice further. Work. He's even. Further. Boomer's not gonna have to worry about shipping at all. <laughs> he's gonna worry about the package coming to his doorstep. <laughs> uh, he's not gonna have to worry about shipping because he's like, well, I just win it next year. It's no big deal. I just never have to ship it back. That's right. <clears throat> That'd be the goal. But everybody knows about the sophomore slump. It's a real deal. Dude. So I might actually I might have to pull a get on the IL for next year or something, you know. <laughs> Did you have a freshman 15? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, <laughs> fresh to sophomore slump, buddy. It's it's beginner's luck kind of thing, you know. I will have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. But congratulations. Nope. Great year. Stacked. You had only two events this year that were under a thousand points. Uh your Worst event was 735 on the Sabine. But beyond that, your worst event was 904. So well done. Bravo. Good joke. I cheated. I cheated. <laughs> Inside. Where, I mean, if you want to put it in perspective, you had two events that were under 1,000. That was it. Where... Pull up the tapes. He's got direct <laughs> messages with Paul. He only man. had four events over 1,000. <laughs> if that tells you anything. <laughs> hey. No, I cheated. JK, JK. Hey, he didn't get last, you know. That's right. That's right. I think I'm the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Boy, should we start getting into the 2024 pro schedules? You guys had any time to look at them yourselves, or is this will, will this be your first run through? Well, we had a good show, them a little bit. show, at least on two of them. Did, did NPFL come out yet? I do not believe so. Heard it's coming soon. That's uh, a looking forward to that actually. Really, really fast. Yeah. Not to cut off, but the production that they had was it Ufala? Uh, Last really time. impressive. Like, really well done. Oh, That's dude, great. having the live feature, I mean, it was a race to who could do that with all platforms. And of course, when you're talking Bassmaster, whose pockets are lining Bassmaster at 2023 it's hummingbird so of course they're not going to show live of the other brands so it was cool to see in my eyes all the different brands you could literally compare them that was cool like you can literally sit there and be like that looks better than that guy's boat so i don't know for people who are i just hope that it's like people like us right see the value in that who have it or are learning forward-facing sonar but to the brand new viewer, which in my opinion is very hard in the tournament fishing world anyways. But is that like a turnoff for them to see that and be like, what am I looking at right now? Video games? Or is it just like, you know, 
this is the way it is. I, I think at this point, any angler, you know, I see guys, at least, I mean, right before I left Colorado, dude, the amount of guys going out and scoping big lake trout, walleye guys, right? Like they're, they're, it's, it's becoming everywhere. It's not just bass fishing, crappie fishing. And so to me, it's more and more commonplace, but what are your guys' thoughts on the having it live with live forward facing sonar? I mean, now uh, we've made this show interesting. Good job, Sarah. <laughs> I, I think it's imperative to <laughs> display it. I mean, if, if you're going to have somebody staring down at a screen for the duration of the event, you know, however long we get to see them, whether it's one day or all four days, we need to see what they're seeing or you lose absolutely all of the entertainment value. So I think it's imperative. Um, that's my opinion. Yeah, I like that. Do we we got a slogan going? We're building this T-shirt. You know, remember back in the day, you guys were all pretty too young, but back in the day when I was in high school, they used to have T-shirts that said "Skating is not a crime." We're making a. We've got a T-shirt coming out that says "Beaming is not a crime." I should say scoping. Scoping is scoping is not a crime. <laughs> I've seen a crazy uptick in meme pages that are dedicated fully to scoping or making fun of scoping. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, pretty It's not the the crazy thing is, is like all of this conversation seems kind of dumb to me because the goal of professional fishing would be the advent of catching more fish, right? Yeah. Like you just catch more fish with a scope. I don't care. Like everybody has it now. We I was down at our shop. Uh, one of my sponsors is a the local uh, dealership. We haven't seen a boat come in. I don't care what year it is, without some version of live scope on it, right. or you know some kind of scope. You need it. But I just feel yeah. like you catch more bass. Like, oh, 100%. shouldn't that be the progression of our sport? Catch. Yeah. We should go back to the good old days of really just pounding the pavement with a spinnerbait for five bites. You know what I mean? Like, just grind <laughs> them out. It's <laughs> fun, though. It's a fun way. It is. Dude, to me, it's not even like that side of it's great of catching more fish. The learning for me is yeah. a paramount, dude. I was someone mm-hmm. who openly struggled off offshore. Like, mapping is great and all this and that. Dude, I have utmost confidence going out in the middle of nowhere and finding them and understanding what the fish are doing related to the bait, related to the brush pile, whatever it is. Like that, the learning side to me is like, I've never been able to learn this fast about what these fish actually do. Yeah, just just fish behavior in general, maybe to your point, Adam, I think that's like, if anything, like whether or not you're catching fish off of it or not, like fishing directly at fish, just understanding their behavior and like their that their interest or lack thereof to what you're presenting them is a huge deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and dude, it's wasting no time with that is, is huge. And mother nature protects itself on my, on my For way sure. back from the washing tournament. I stopped into a little hidey hole in Idaho and I ended up catching them at low light. I had, I did have 25 pounds pretty quick. These small, this one of these big smallmouth lakes. Right. And it was incredible to me the amount i've looked at looked at forward facing center a long time now and you can just tell the size of a fish the amount of absolute giant fish that did not bite my bait was the worst i've ever had it around smallmouth in my life and it was like man i think some of these fish are getting used to this situation or it was it was incredible how tough it was um especially being smallmouth and uh it was it was incredible to me but i think that was the first time where i was legitimately thinking in my head like there's always like man you throw at if you throw out one in ten you're having a good day 
I think a lot of the time, but like this was like one in a hundred, like it was really, really tough. And it was like, I noticed if I was 80 feet or further, I had a lot better shot than if they were that 80, 90 feet and back. And I think that's becoming the biggest trend in my opinion is just the distance, you know, the, the further you can be away from them, the better off you're going to be. And I think that's going to continue to be the case for more time to come. You know, it's funny though. Like, I'm not going to argue your point because yeah, I mean, there are days I have to cast them, but I'm still catching like 90 to 95% of my fish on Erie within 20 feet of the boat with scope. Doesn't count. It's Erie, man. Yeah, it's Erie, bro. The Great Lakes are the great negotiator. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Even no, like- but, but, but here's my point, Andrew, because I was having a conversation with someone out here and this would be boomer knows, especially being out here a lot longer than I have. Is it's like the populations in Erie and in the Great Lakes isn't even close to the to the compromise of the Northwest. There's so many fish in the Great Lakes that I feel like you're landing on a lot more potentially fresh fish, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many fish that I catch like over and over again that have 17 hook holes in their mouth. Really, like fish that bite are always going to bite, and then you just kind of mean to them, Oh, I'm very mean to him. Lay <laughs> off the board, guys. And he's like, all right, guide hole number three. We hit this one four times. No, man, I, got, I have like 3,900 waypoints. I don't hit the same waypoints over and over and over again. Like, it's like I caught one today that was four and a half, like four and a half, four and three quarter pounds. And it had literally seven hook points, half missing face on the side from the hook getting ripped out. And then the tongue had a hook hole right in the middle of it. Like this bugger's been caught seventy-two times this year. Like he is not very smart. He's a dummy. Yeah. yeah. Do you think we get to a point where where we literally shut it off? I mean, I've already heard instances of that. Do you think that becomes the norm where like you actually have to shut it off to stop sending the ping to get bites? I've heard I've heard cases of that. I don't know how much I believe it, but what do you guys think? I've heard not turning off the ping, but I've heard like case from like lake lanier guys would pan, like pan out have it on like 120 uh and see him way out there is at 90 plus see mm-hmm. the group and then pan away and then then make the cast so so to to deflect the ping keep it off of them sure yeah because you would just pressure. see him swimming away from you like i'm from iowa away. so like i feel like i'm one of the most isolated <laughs> states from like this whole debacle mm-hmm. and debate like i feel like we're probably the last one of the last states to progress towards it but i'm just curious because i've heard from numerous people across the country where they honestly feel like they're better off without it some days Dude, yeah i i think the shutting it off to me is like I mean, half the fun is the anticipation of watching if they're going to eat or not. Um, I think the use case I've certainly heard from guys like in the, like throwing an A-rig, right? Like you get so many follows on an A-rig, just those fish that are just mesmerized by that coming across the water. I've heard cases like once they're within 50 feet or whatever their number is in the boat, they're spinning that scope away from them and just finishing the rest of the cast cast and getting that bite but then you know we've all had days right where you are you're getting bit 10 feet from the boat watching them on scope come up and eat it doesn't make a difference like (laughs) that fish was just ready to eat yeah and so it's i mean i certainly could see i think i think the trend of shutting it off completely i don't i don't think that makes sense but to what what you're saying as far as like if you can locate that school or that pile and then 
turning it away. I don't think you never necessarily even need to turn it off, right? Like it's a beam that's going a certain direction. But I, I think that could that could certainly happen. I mean, these, these fish are going to get used to it, just like they do to everything else. Sure. Hey, look yeah, cool. I'm beeping off. You guys see that? Other way. What you got there, Boomer? It's a white oh, screen. White it's, screen. The, it's, third, oh, cool. it's third place in the U.S. Open after day two, Brian Smith. I know. It's a great beam conversation right now because I know he's beaming. Oh, yeah. I'm It's live right now. Grover's leading it. That'd be that's wild. That's yeah. cool to see him leading that. Bryant just bounced up from tenth to third. I think he's still in third. And he's increasing his weights. It's three pounds. I'll give you guys you got it over there? Good? Yeah. You want me to put add it in here? Please do. Yeah. Pop yeah it I couldn't find it. I was it's, just, it's currently it's currently live, so I can just here. I'll tell you. I think hey, uh, while you're looking for that, we're bad think, mouthing uh, him on. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him we're bad mouthing him on. Seriously, he had a great, uh, he had a great podcast with Mercer. That was a great show. Brian did, yeah, he did. He's not, he's kind of too magoo to be interesting to listen to, don't you think? I thought he was. I thought he did a great job. <laughs> and I love, I love Brian. He's just a, such a good guy. I'm just listening. He's a good that. dude. So but I'm never going to tell him that. Shuffield, is that Shuffield in second? Yeah, man. Yeah. Shuffield, he oh, took yeah. second last year, right? When it was all said and done. He's right there. I mean, he's a less than a half pound out of it. Dude, the U.S. Open is such a great job. I wish this like blew up even more. To be honest. Like, I know it's a big deal, but I feel like they do such a good job with running the event, things like that. That's I mean, don't right there's, there's 200 and, I mean, earlier I was looking at it, there's 300 people watching it. I mean, it's yeah. like, you know, I, as a Western tournament, that's that's pretty cool to me to see that live number. I kind of feel dumb that we're not there, Deacon. We uh, should be you're there. telling me. We should exactly. Yeah. Like, he, well, Billy texted me, too, and he's like, why aren't you coming to the U.S. Open? And I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I've am i got Table Rock in a week, and I was up in Washington. So, but yeah. we should. Well, be. I'll be there next year. Yeah, you bums. Yeah. Get out there, boys. Put yourself yeah, out hell. there. Let's go. You well, hey, we'll take – We'll take this little scenario you can lead the way in on, but and talk about beaming. But yeah, I can take uh, the player too. The the beam the here's the deal. Like the beam might scare them, but the way you approach the beam, it's like any you know, it's like it's like the guys that quit getting bites when they were thrown up on the rock pile and they got on the rock pile and threw down and drug it uphill, right? A different way to approach the fish. <laughs> These guys that are good Chime, with beaming chiming are, in here real fast. Trolling over at like a hundred and oh, oh he's yeah. he's in this right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, Brian's the man. Boomer, I know. I didn't go because he only offered me the couch. He's like, you can come and stay on the couch, but you got to do all the dishes and you got to clean the toilets. So I decided not to go. Grab the You have a wonderful yeah. truck bed camper at your house. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I, I think the beam conversation, uh, and I won't give Bryant secrets away, but I get to talk to a guy that I think is, he wasn't, and I'm going to say this on live, he sucked at any offshore stuff when I met him. But beaming, like he has actually figured out a way to approach those fish. Maybe it's coming at him faster with the trolling motor, the way he approaches the weights, all that kind of stuff. Just those guys are going to advance through that. It's not just going to be that we're making a sound that those fish don't like. It's going to be, you know, just a different approach to using it. The guys that are really good are going to figure out a fish that kind of like the Champlain guys, right? Those guys just figured out a group of fish that nobody fished for forever. They just found them with the beam. So I, I think, yeah, it'll be turning them off here and there, but I think there'll be guys 
What was it? Tristan McCormick won the um, Hartwell tournament, the open Beam team. <laughs> That's a new that's a new t-shirt right that's there. That's a, sure, but that should that's be sure. that should be the counterpart for all the live scope meme pages that come out. The beam right. team. Beam <laughs> team. Actually I want to say I want to say really fast for there are some like there's a handful of people getting targeted with from those live scope pages. Oh yeah. Do not like get mad at that. Just remember at somebody that's too afraid to obviously show their face. I just laugh because we've gotten tagged at them. They're honestly pretty funny. Just look at him. Just, just laugh at it. There's people like there's some people, dude, that are triggered in those comments. Oh, yeah. you're, like, you're just making them happy. Like you're accomplishing their goal. But I mean, I'm all for it because like we got tagged on the other day that honestly made me laugh pretty hard. Um, so I mean, I'm all I'm here all for them. But yeah, I feel like we go on forever about live scope. But I think more importantly, next year we need a Royal Rumble here uh, between Andy and Ronnie Moore because Ronnie is talking crap in the comments. I think Andy, I think you just need to put on the gloves and put Ronnie in his place next year. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Let me know. Please everyone. Whatever. 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 Please everyone. Whatever. Somebody will always be disappointed in what you say. So that's fine. Oh gosh. See, I, I, <laughs> hey, since we know that Brian's listening. Hey, Brian. Dream in your dream. That's a that's what, a t-shirt, bud. <laughs> what per what percentage do you think you have to to win? This derby, and oh, I'm yeah. going to give you a high percentage. And if you lowball, you're never allowed on Alf Angler team again. Oh, give us a percentage. Come on, now. we'll totally kick you off on camera. You're out. Hundred so, percent. Yeah, you're gone yeah. if you don't get it right. We just want a percentage with no sandbagging because your weights are increasing every day. I like that we could text, and he could text back. I know he's listening, but I, I've actually picked him to pull this off. He's only a couple pounds behind, but. He's part of the beam team. Beam team. And we can't take credit for the beam team. It was actually uh, the announcer for uh, BPT, JT Kenny, that started beam team. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. That's the thing? Yeah, he's part of the beam team. That guy's an awesome That's commentator. Cool. 2%. <laughs> 2%. <laughs> what a jackass. So you're <laughs> telling me there's a chance. So you're telling me there's all right. I gotta cancel his contract right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's not zero. Hey, one other one other thing. Uh, I was listening to. I think this was like a month or two ago. Um, a MLF fishing podcast with you know the ones that Jody White does, and he was interviewing the guy who won. I don't. I think it was a BFL on Pickwick or you know one of those places that's just brutal in the summer and this guy has won a bunch this year the toyota series bfls all that kind of stuff and i think it maybe it was a toyota series but anyways it was a tournament where he was like they live here we see the weights in the spring why can't we figure these fish out in the summertime like they they're here why why are the weights so much lower and he kind of just like in his mind has gone through this process of of saying these fish are here. I need to figure out where the big ones are. Well, he was scoping these fish in the middle of nowhere. Your typical kind of, um, these fish in five feet below the surface over 30 feet of water. Like they're really high in the water column. And what he attributed a ton of his success to, and this is the same deal, like comes from the crappie world first. And I'm like, this is wild to me, but going back to boomers point of the approach, he is one of these guys that runs, the trolling motors on the shallow water anchors 
and was able to like he'd be out there moving efficiently quick and the second he'd see one to throw at rather than you know turning your trolling motor around on the front and scaring that fish away i'm sure we've all had that situation happen when you try to stop quick turn your trolling motor and then you can literally see it on your forward-facing sonar all that water being propelled that way those two trolling motors he would literally deploy them he'd have them back there just sitting and he could hit the brakes and it would stop his bass boat and then he'd be able to make a cast and then go to the next one and make mm. a cast and he said he felt like he had i mean he won this tournament by like 12 or 15 pounds like he blew it out of the water doing this and it was just like wow light bulb in my head i'm like i don't think i'll ever have trolling motors on my shallow water anchors but like that's a crazy application of a different approach he thinks he's getting yeah. way more casts in a day at fish actively than everyone else seen that. I, I i love the hustle and, and the creativity i mean with, with the live scoping thing it's it's like it's all about at bats you know how many mm -hmm. how many presentations can you make and that's literally a lot of times what it comes down to if you want to dedicate yourself to it so anything that you can do to give yourself the opportunity to make more at bats i mean i, I love that idea I, I don't think yeah. I'll ever do it either, but that's awesome. Yeah, yeah where you're at, too much grass, it'd be over. For sure. Yeah, it's a true story. Uh, Bryant Smith's favorite saying, the 2%. We're going to call him the 2 percenter from now on, Bryant Smith. But he always used to say, the more drops, the gooder. The more, more drops, drops, the gooder. When it came to Beeman, it's the more drops, the gooder. Another t-shirt. It's a numbers game. Another t-shirt, I know. <laughs> from the 2 so, percenter. I know this is a great conversation, but we do actually have some breaking news happening. Literally just dropped uh, today. Like actually, uh, actually it says October 18th. It is 17th, so I think they might have leaked this early on accident. But I have it pulled up, so there's no way they, we can lose it. Um, so we're going to start the 2024 schedules, and we're going to start with Major League Fishing. And we're going to start for a reason. They just dropped some big news. So let me... Pull up my screen here, and a big. So I'm actually texting someone right now that told me this. I didn't realize it was public until Troy here in the comments got shout out to Troy that said that it just went live. Um, Angler's Channel here posted the article, and I'm gonna start. So you can see MLF announces strategic plan for 2024 Bass Pro Tour and beyond. Um, there's a 2025 section, but we're gonna start down at the bottom. I read through this quick. 2024. Brief synopsis is they're going back to all fish counts. What? Every fish Whoa. counts again, cumulative weight. Where they're ditched for last year, they'd had the five fish. Now it's back to every fish counts. Hmm. What do you guys think about it? Obviously, this is like very fresh. You had no time to think about this whatsoever. I mean, I'll... go ahead. Sorry. No, I just, there's been so many rumblings of things I didn't expect this. Like, there's been, I, I don't know, man. This is kind of wild to me. I really enjoyed that they went back to a five fish in my in my head. And this is maybe naive to think, but I'm still under the belief that in tournament bass fishing, the vast majority of people watching tournament bass fishing are tournament anglers to some extent or have understood tournament fishing. We all fish five fish tournaments, so it's really hard to watch, in my eyes, uh, every fish counts because – it doesn't relate in my head to what I do on the weekends. Right. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts. I like that. They went to a five fish, but um, yeah, I could be totally off there. So yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate for one fact on it. And I'm not a fan of 
the every fish counts format, right? But it is unique to them. It is like basically their calling card for that tour. And ultimately, I think it was a bad decision for them to change to a, the five fish format because it's what made them unique in the first place. Now, I think they're doing too much change, but I hope it works out for them. Yeah, uh, I'm going to of it all, man. Yeah, I'll come right behind that and say that. To be honest, when they when they came out and said they're going to do every fish counts to begin with, I didn't really think anything of it because I don't know. I mean, for me, yes, uh, you know, I could claim myself as a tournament angler, but more more so, I think I'm just a competitor and a fan. Where if there's pros that are fishing in some sort of competitive style, I'm going to watch because I like to learn. Mm-hmm. So that's part I, I couldn't I couldn't really like if it was every fish counts or different strategy. Like I'm okay with it. My thing is you're making it really hard for fans to attach onto your league and your style of things with your anglers if you make it confusing for people trying to keep up with it, where it's like, hey, we just switched to five-fish format, and it's a little. there might be a little bit of confusion from anglers that might have watched or people that might have watched the year prior. They get adjusted, and now you're changing back again, where it's going to be confusing for people to keep up. That's my biggest thing. Um, I don't know. Brandon Boomer, any thoughts on this before we go to 2025 rules? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts. Go ahead. Let, let, <laughs> Brandon's, Brandon's so much smarter than I am. I'll let him go first. I'm, I'm not Actually, smart. you should let me go first so that yes. you can wise up. Whatever you want to do. Guys. I'm not smart, so go ahead, Boomer. Let her rip. I got I got some thoughts, but let her rip, buddy. I'll, I'll just say this. like Nobody changes what's working, right? And I think our industry's. I think personally, you know, I'm, I'm on both sides of our industry. I've got people that I sponsor. I have people that sponsor me. I compete in all this, the circuits I can get into. If something was working, you wouldn't change it, right? Nobody ever would. And I also think that bass will be going through some of this stuff soon as uh, field sizes reduce and, and sponsors pull back through whatever we're dealing with right now. I think they're making changes. I don't think this is the last one they'll make. I, I know of a few that are probably coming. Uh, but this is just one where they're probably trying to recoup recoup something that they lost. I don't know. Nobody changes anything. Like I've got, you know, Zach is a really good friend of mine. He'll be in the Northwest. I'm going to, I'm going to tell that he'll be in the Northwest this weekend with us promoting our, uh, some of the stuff we're doing up here. And, you know, I care about what's happening with Zach and his league and I hear all that kind of stuff. So I want MLF to succeed, but I think they're making a lot of moves to try to make it succeed, but you don't change it if it's good. So something's up. Wise words there. Like you don't fix what's working. Brennan, anything to add on that before we go into 2025? Uh, I mean, I I think I share a lot of your guys' sentiment. I mean, I I feel like uh, it's a lot of changes um, since the birth of it, since the conception. I mean, it's inception. It's just been like change after change after change. And it makes it difficult for a fan to follow. Um, and I, I too agree, like I, as a tournament person myself, like it's a little bit of a stretch to relate to it because I don't fish for every fish counts. Um, I feel like most people don't. We fish for five. Um, I'm not saying one way is better than the other, but it's hard to relate to that. Um, and I feel like most of their audience is fishing for five, whether they're fishing for five every weekend, once a month two times a year, whatever, that's what the tournament structure is. So Mm -hmm. to go back to this, I guess I just don't understand it. And I think to Boomer's point, um, 
you don't change if it's working. So maybe it wasn't working for them. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure at this point if I'm being totally candid. Um, and I, I don't know anything about what goes on in the interior, but um, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand the change and mm-hmm. I can't understand why you would need to reformulate unless something bigger was probably going on within, but I'm not so sure that it's a format thing as it is to just audience not participating in general um, after the split, if I'm being honest. So don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think to your point, from a regional scale, not MLF-based, I think the only trail that I know of that does every fish counts is Champions Tour out there in Minnesota. And I think that might be – unless you guys know anybody. The, the Well, I mean, what was the Apex, right? And then now the whole BAM Tour that's happening. There's gonna Is be that some, every fish counts? They're going to have some component of it to where like – yeah. That format's really interesting. It's like you could go for the top five or you could do an every fish counts. It's mm. it's kind of a confusing deal in my mind anyway, but that's that's how it was in Apex. And that's like the gotcha. the same kind of concept, at least from what I've heard with the BAM tour. But Boomer probably knows more. He fished some of the what was the Apex last year. Well, I'll give you guys another perspective real quick. This will be my last thought. But um the BAM tour has had a lot of support behind it and they have this dual sided thing where you can, it's every fish counts or you can do your best five. I, I think sometimes that the amount of money that was flowing into MLF or BPT was so high because they have those pros pay the least amount of entry fees. You know, the elite guys pay them. They pay as much as anybody else, right? I think it's $5,000 in the bed or whatever. The BPT guys still pay the least amount of entry fees to compete, do what they do. And a lot of it, it's outside money. And so a lot of their analysis could be on the fact that if we have lower viewership, when they actually built the platform based on, you know, the, the every fish counts that maybe that generated more, whatever it was, those types of things, um, though that money is what's really everybody's after. You know, you've got leagues that are chasing money that us anglers also need. You know, when, when a league goes and gets sponsored by Hummingbird, that is potentially taking money away from an angler that needs that money to so, to compete as well. So it's all about getting the revenue stream in to keep the organization going and keeping the anglers, you know what I mean? So they may be making a change like that just to keep the viewership up, to keep some of that outside funding going. Because as far as I know, and I know it's kind of maybe a little muddy water, but I still don't think those MLF guys or BPD guys pay entry fees. And if they do, I think a lot of it's paid in, but they get paid back just for competing the equal amount of what they put in. So long story short, they have the highest probably overhead for competing anglers. So I think a lot of that's probably in some of their decision-making, you know, how do we sell a platform that probably worked five, six, seven years ago uh, to get viewership in, to get the Bridgefords or whoever else would come in and watch. Uh, It may not have anything to do with what us tournament anglers or any, you know what I mean? Well, Once again, I, I think I said I'd shut up after that last comment, and then I said another one. So <laughs> I have, totally I'm, out now. I have yeah, one more comment if I'm allowed to make one. Yeah, let it rip. Okay. I, I feel like a lot of the tournament broadcasting like relies a lot on endemic relations, endemic sponsorships, right? I feel like the pie, right, the total pie of the fishing industry – we had it. We had a booming two years, right? But like, we're back down to the same size pie now, and now we've got two. You could argue three 
tournament trails fighting for a chunk of that pie, but the pie is the same size. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like you can try to reformulate your structure and like be creative and, and do new things to gain more attention. But at the end of the day, the pie is still the same size at large. That That's my perspective. So we're still fighting. These two organizations are fighting for the pie and the pie is not any bigger and you can continue to change things, but the pie is not changing. The pie is yeah. the same size. Yeah. That's my yeah, and I, to your point, Boomer, I was talking with Keith Carson earlier this year who just qualified for the BPT, uh, and he was mentioning how they had, like to your point, the best payouts when it comes to, you know, what invest what money invested. ROI. Yeah, ROI. I, I haven't done the math here yet, but payouts are changing too. So I'll get into the 2025 changes, which are pretty big. Um and that is, as of 2025, the BPT field will feature a roster of 50 anglers, going down to 50 anglers. And of the top 35 pros will be from the 2024 BPT Lifetime Angler of the Year standings. Then it take top 10 from BPT single-year standings that did not qualify via top 35 lifetime. And then the top five anglers from the 2024 Tackle Warehouse Invitational. Hmm. This has my head spinning. That is nuts. Mines are dropping a bunch of guys. Well, I, that's a lot, dude. This has me, and I don't. I don't. Have, I don't they're what at eighty or ninety right now, right? Really fast to interject here. We have Kyle Patrick, new Bassmaster Elite Series rookie, in here. Just qualified. Congrats, dude. Um, ask. Do you guys think the opens will be packed next year? Yes, with BPT guys. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> for sure. Yep. After what I just learned, yes, for sure. I think if you want to fish the MPFL, you better call Brad right now. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. This phone I'm is sure ringing guys off the that have already signed up because they knew about this before we did. Right. I'm sure. Hey, so. People wanted that bass and MLF, you know, rivalry. Now you're going to have it in the MPFL. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Well, dude, I this. Man, and I don't even want to get into where my head is going as far as speculation on things, but it's like to cut your top tier level to 50. I've always, from a personal standpoint, have always thought there needs to be, I like the idea of multiple leagues. I think it insinuates competition, but I think the true 100 best in the world shouldn't have to fight for their marketing dollars. Like I've always thought this should be a sport level deal where there's something related to that. And so it's like speculation wise, like, why do we have going to 50 here? I don't know. Is there something happening that could go that direction in a couple of years from now? I have no idea. But one thing that I just want to say, and I know we're going way off topic and all this stuff, but I like this because I like the, the people in this podcast in our conversation here. Thanks, my dude, dad, <laughs> my dad the other day called me one of his good friends works for a, a high level company that sponsors a NASCAR team. And, uh, you know, they fly private private to go watch these NASCAR races and this and that. And they just picked up a bull riding team. And I've always viewed, and this is going back from the old BTL days of how, uh, Mark would compare sports in the fishing world. And it was like bull riding, bowling, whatever else. And it was like they're individual sports. Here's the payouts. Here's how it kind of compares. 
well, something crazy is happening in bull riding right now, I guess. And I, again, I don't really know about this, but there's been some like, rather than having individuals, they're making teams to where it's a eight man team and there's a rodeo here. And it's like the Texas tornadoes versus whatever the, this other team. And by doing that, what it did to these bull riders, rather than it being, and I don't fully know any of this. I'd like to do some more research and do an actual business from the basketball episode on this, but it, it, made it instead of having individual sponsors back to Jake's point of like when Humminbird, when sponsors Brandon Polinick, but they also sponsor the Bassmaster elite series. Like there's a conflict there in my eyes because you're, you're spreading out those dollars between everybody. But what it did is it brought in owners, right? Like there's a lot of wealth in the United States with these, with people who can buy a sports team can get behind something. And, and by doing that, it then allowed these guys to get a salary and those kinds of things. So it was more of a, a salary base and yeah, there can be partnership deals within that, just like in any other pro sport and these high level athletes, but it brought in more capital from individuals rather than this pie that we're all trying to, to break up. So it's just an interesting thought. And it's like, I wonder if there's an application there in fishing and obviously there's been, been thoughts and stuff around that, but like, that is another way to bring capital into this game because I would love to see a day of a hundred guys who are the best in the world and they make good money and they're not worried about making their next paycheck in professional fishing. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Bailey, you just highlighted a portion that might highlight Adam's point a little bit. I mean, if they're getting $2,000 through 50th place, they're getting half their money back maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit more support. However, they're shrinking the field dramatically. So I don't know if at the same time the writing's kind of on the wall, but um, to be able to get half your money back guaranteed is arguably a step forward, maybe. But I yeah, don't know. didn't have any. They didn't have any risk though before. Remember, the BPT started with no entry fees. So okay, yeah, no, and I'm so not super it's going- well-versed, but I felt like they went back to not having their entry fee prepaid is that correct maybe I'm yeah wrong. They, they never paid entries and then the last two or three years i think two years they paid their entry fee but last place got their entry fee back and i don't really understand the voodoo math behind that but um what this looks like to me is they're actually going to an angler paid entry fee that kind of pays some of their payouts and probably what that is most likely when bpt started because of the foundation they had behind it where they had the discovery channel guy i can't remember his name um, he brought that. a lot of like Toro Motors and NGK. Oh. He a lot of he he brought a lot of um, non-endemic sponsorship to the league, which put a lot of money in, which allowed them to operate, which would be in a, in a way which would be upside down compared to what most leagues have, where anglers are paying for what they win. They were they were fishing for free for I think three years or two or three years. Mm-hmm. What's for probably happening? It yeah. What's probably happening is as our economy shrinks and some of that marketing, those funds are getting reduced through the non-endemics. These guys are reacting to, you know, a lesser revenue stream. Cause sure. this looks a lot more like every other tournament circuit available. You pay some, you get 80% back. Right. Mm. I mean, probably this is probably a lot better than that, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we're an elite guy, Brandon politics still pays. $50,000 or $55,000 a year to fish bass tournaments. So I thought, and I, I could be off here, Jake, but I thought the change in the last couple of years on the elite series, 
And in my head, just from the business standpoint, what they were doing is like, you had to pay your entry fees up front. So immediately $40,000 for your year was put onto the, the deal, but you were paid out uh, $20,000 throughout the year. It was the same kind of deal. Like you got 2,500 bucks through these tournaments. And in my head, they're just taking that money and investing that money and then paying it back out down the line uh, as a, as a lesser amount. But I thought like 20,000 of that was brought back in the last couple of years. Are you thinking you're saying they're paying 40 K or whatever it is in entry fees? I, I think it's 50. And if you don't perform, you don't get your money back. That's why they have the quote unquote losers check, which Bryant calls the losers check, which I think is like 55 through, you know, when they pay like 25 grand or 2,500 or something like that, that's the losers check. But if you get 90th all year long, you don't make any money back. They don't pay you anything else. There's another, not another check. It's all based on performance. The losers check. <laughs> <clears throat> I just asked my friend, and I probably should ask if it's okay, but Mr. Burge is still part of the BPT. I'm a, I'm a pretty big Burge fan. That dude is salt of the earth. Good man. So. Yep. Likewise. Yeah. One of the <clears throat> best. Good news. I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm reading this stuff, and Bailey puts it up, and I'm freaking out like my buddies are in trouble. So sorry about that. Well, remember, remember, this is a 2025 move. So they do get oh, next year. So okay. with that, I mean, when you look at that, though, there's going to be a lot of moves made next year. Right. So like, like, over, so under. The, here's, here's my point to this. Why, why, as an organization, why are they posting what they're going to do in 2025 now? Because in my head, if you're an organization and you're like, hey, stuff's, stuff's going to change in 2025, I don't want to say that until 2024 because – you're going to have anglers potentially leave for better odds to go somewhere else. If they feel like they're not going to, I don't, you know what I mean? Like what's the, what's the incentive to putting out what you're going to do in 2025 right now? Yeah. I, I don't know that there is an incentive. I mean, if, if this was my business, I, I guess it would be like, uh, you know, stuff's hitting the fan. I'm trying to be a good person and letting these people know, like, you know, prepare for what's coming, start to find your way out. I'm not sure if that's what's going on. Um, or it is a little unnerving. Or it gives them a choice though, right? It's something by not cutting them right now. It gives them a choice to go into another league, right? You're probably Correct. right, Brendan. It's probably yeah. like a, a good way to say, Hey, listen, you got another year as a pro, you've got sponsor stuff you got to deal with, but they get a choice. If yeah, you these bounce, people all took a major, major risk to to leap over to this new you know, format and, and, you know, some of them had different incentives to come over than others, but regardless, it was a major risk. So I don't know if this is like a, Hey guys, we tried, you know, he, here's your chance out. Or, you know, if, if they've got something big in the works that maybe is going to revive this, I don't know, but it is a little scary to see, you know, I feel like all of us have, we all have people that we care about that are over on that side and we hope everything works out, but it is a little unnerving. I think if you're in the top 10, you know, of this quote unquote lifetime AOI for the BPT, you're sitting like, you're you're definitely thinking about what might happen, what moves you may or may not make, but you're looking at it as, Hey, 2025, I get to compete for 130 grand for each tournament. But if you're not in that top 35, you're looking at those opens. You're like, 
<laughs> wonder about them opens. <laughs> yeah, and damn, would I not want to have to go through that gauntlet to get back to Bass if I was on that side? Right. Yeah. That's what like, what do you guys think? Are there any legends exemptions out of like the top ten? We'll be finding out. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> we'll know about all of them if they are any. Skeet I don't Reese. think Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Skeety, he's coming back. He's baby. got more legend exemptions than anybody over there since KVD resigned. Do you, would Bass hey. even let somebody back though? I feel like, say whatever happens, if somebody tried to come over, I feel like they're going to make them go through the opens. No, dude, if it, well, it's, it's a legend, legend it's exemption. in the rules. They're allowed to come back if there's a spot, right? Or do they just because it's what two legends exemptions every Which year? Clun and Fritz every year. And then pretty soon they'll be taking the top one out of the 225 out of the EQ because there'll be so many people with legend exemptions coming back to pass. Yeah. We'll take one out of 225. Good luck. No, they, they won't do that because the opens, the, the participation in the opens is what funds the elites. For sure. So what do you guys think? Over, over under 25 BPT pros on the opens next year? I'm going to say under. Under? I'm say under. I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot, but I don't think it's going to be 25. I don't want to say names, but I mean, like, use your imagination. If you're a Bass, a BPT pro that was a prominent name over on the Bass side that is maybe over 40, 45 years old, if you're in their position, even with all the sponsorship funding that you've had over the years, right, like you're probably living pretty well, would you jump back in? I don't know that I would, dude. I think I'd ride it out on this side and see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess think about like listen to Bobby Lane on every podcast he's been on talking about the gauntlet of the opens right now. It's brutal. Like, he he it's almost brutal. made it. Yeah. Like he's like, dude, like this is the I don't know if you hear Elite Series guys say, I don't know if I would do it right now if if this was the how I could get in. Dude, if I'm on if I'm on that side, if I'm on the BPT side right now and I'm like I don't care what my age is. I'm probably riding this out and seeing what happens. Like or going honestly. to MPFL if there's an open spot. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to fish against those guys to to maybe find my way back. Like you're leaving a somewhat comfortable, stable platform. I don't know if stable is the right Thank word, you. but like you have to jump back over and take a massive risk to get back to pro fishing again. And I, I don't know that many people would want to do that. And I don't blame them. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. If you're on the BPT right now, and I'm sure they gave them an updated list of like who is in, you know, of lifetime standings, how that works out. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they have that. Oh, good gosh. Um, uh, <laughs> you should see my tan lines. I want to put my feet up on the screen. Dude, so you bad. have no idea. This is a competition. I've got great looking feet. Do you want to go right now? <laughs> All right. You, I'll you show guys. you my feet. You want to go tan line versus tan line, dude? Oh, God. You don't uh, have a chance. Uh, you guys could go tan lines. I'm going to have to, like, go make sure my dog doesn't eat the male guy. <laughs> uh, so my, my thing, my thing with this is, say, they, they definitely have been given of, like, where these standings are at. Uh, so that they have an acknowledgement of going into next season. If you're in like mid fifties, say around 60, which is going to be very hard for you to try and then requalify to not be outside that top 35. And you're looking at, okay, would I rather go to the opens 
or the invi- or drop back down to the invitationals, which neither are a money making league. But you look at the odds; it's about the same field size, and it's either top five make it back into the BPT, or it's top nine make it back into the opens. Which, as of right now, looking at like what's going on, looks like a much 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 healthier league. What's your decision, especially if you're not done, you're not ready to retire, and you think you're still a lot, a lot left in your career? I think either it's to me, I think if I'm in that position, I'm looking at the opens for one, and I'm looking at the NPFL for try to, if it's, if it's true that's full, I'm looking at it for 2025. But also, I'm trying to, I'm going to the opens while I'm fishing my last year on the BPT. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. I also wonder if with MPFL, right? Like if they're full, like are they going to start creating like a requalifying deal where like you don't have to pay it? Like you have to pay still, but like you're already in for the next year. And then if like two years and they start cutting people if they perform poorly. Well, and then here's the decision they have to make too. If it is full now and say that Angler's got this news today. You know, and there's like 20 of them that want to go to the NPFL, but you're full, and you probably you probably already have declined people from coming. But these names will like really help your ratings. What do you do then? Because like the let them all in, go to 200. Yeah, but then what do you, Andy? What do you tell the people that tried to get in that haven't been the loyal followers that have been there for since day one of it? You have to let them all in. If you're gonna let the the big names in, you have to let the other guys in too. So they, they had they actually used to have a criteria. They actually you had to you had to pass like a entrance exam and like there was a big deal with it. The cool thing about Brad Fuller and I'm sorry to interrupt Andy is that uh, dude is straight as an arrow. Like oh, yeah. he's the guy you want to fish for if you're gonna fish for a living. Like straight up, no BS. Yeah, they might increase the uh, field size to cover everybody, but like out of everybody I've ever fished for he's the guy I would trust to make the right decision. Right. Like he might turn guys down and he, he used to turn guys down. He's like, he's like, I don't think that guy will have a family when we're done with him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like yeah, I, I think he's going to have to sell his house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's well not that here, dude. here's my thing that I think we're missing on this entire thing. What about the entire group of anglers below the BPT on MLF right now? talking about the pro circuit, talking about Toyota series guys who are considering fishing the pro circuit, like all of that, like to me, great. Maybe 15 guys will come from the BPT to the opens. Talk about how big of a field the, uh, you know, the, not the, what, the, what I just said, invitationals, invitationals, what that is. All of those people are like, what am I fishing for in 2025? If I'm, you know what I mean? Like now, now it's going to be 50 people. Like how many people are going to let in from the invitationals? For sure. Your, your feeder systems, five. the incentive for your feeder system is dissipating, you know, real time, which Big is time. a huge deal. Okay. Hot take. And I have no idea if this is going to happen. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that bass is going to release something in the next couple of weeks. I'm just, I have no idea, but just thinking through all this, like, I think they're going to release something. We are now taking 20 anglers in the opens next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or, or, or they're going to the expand NPSL. the open size, right? Instead of what's the cap at right now, 220, right? What's the cap on the opens? Maybe they expanded 25 boats or 50 boats. I'm, I, man, I'm thinking even bigger than that. I'm just, 
my head is spinning right now and I don't even want to get into it because it's all rumors and things, but I just think there could be something big down the line, like 2025, 2026. There's a ton of speculation going on right now, but I mean, I think as the NPFL right now, if I were in charge of the whole gamut over there, I, I would be drooling right now. Licking like, your chops. The opportunity. Dude, Absolutely. NPFL played it out perfectly and they're set up to even potentially become even way better. Because they literally mm-hmm. came in not intrusive. They said, we're going to work with these trails to not get in the way. If your guys want to come fish, double dip, we'll welcome them. And now here they're sitting there just like feeding from, from both Absolutely. Dude, there, there's so much talent on both sides. Like I know, like I, I didn't mean to get on like a, a bash session against Major League Fishing. Like that's full of tons of talented people over there. Oh, yeah. And I, I wish the absolute best for him. And I know everybody on the show does, but like, you know, there's so much talent and it can only go in so many directions. So if it were to be aimed at NPFL, like that would be fantastic to see what they can do with it. You know what I mean? So 100%. hopefully they seize the opportunity and, and do something with it. That'd be cool to see what could happen there. Yeah. I wonder like if some of these guys do slide over to NPFL and they get in, right? Like I wonder what that, what they can do from a marketing standpoint and pitch to like some of these non-endemics and be like, Hey, look, who's coming to our tour now, like big names from mm-hmm. these other tours, like give us more money and we'll showcase them. So, yeah, they were sure. already doing a good job with it. I mean, their first year that progressive, I'm going to take Adam Deacons. Uh, Cause I, I agree with Deacons perspective on this one, but who's I'm going to say that what we're feeling right now, <clears throat> so, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can take a drink on that. Sorry, one. Adam. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that Bass might say something big. But I think what we're all feeling is the tightening of this industry. I think the tightening of the economy is put on the belt. And I think the belt was started in July of last year when it really hit our industry. Because, you know, obviously that I'm on both sides. But I actually think the Bass won't, if they do something, they might increase it to make it look like they're really cranking. But I think guys that have the uh, the ability to spend fifty fifty five thousand dollars a year to to fish the opens or fish the invitationals, Appreciate I think that pool is dwindling. And right. then when you take non endemics out of it, like what I think is pushing on the BPT, and they're losing, you know, maybe money from Toro or NGK, some of these not these great non endemic sponsors. Uh, you're losing money in the angler base that actually supports the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So if you quit having anglers come in. I've talked to quite a few, I mean, small circle, but of uh, EQ anglers that aren't going back next year and to find more guys that are capable to shell out 55 grand, be gone nine weeks out of the year. That's a, you you know what I mean? We're not just making those in this economy. No, it's getting harder and harder to find people to draw from that pool for sure. Mm -hmm. at, At our current state, for sure. Right, so, or it's I'm, I'm who's done it for the last three years and isn't having success and is sick of traveling the country and it's you know what I mean? Like that guy's like, Man, I had the money to do it, but I'm sick of this. Like it's not worth yeah. it. Yeah. Or, I mean life, right? Like I got two teenage daughters. I miss the MPFL more than anything. I think that they, those guys are the what's good about bass fishing sometimes when you really struggle and you're really working your butts off. Uh Brad Fuller, I'm gonna say his name again. I feel he's like he's the saint in the industry. But even that, I can't go back to it. You know what I mean? I can't. Yeah. I can't miss high school with the girls. I feel like there's a lot of guys that stuck it out for four or five years that end up in the same same boat or whatever boat it is. But your dad of the year, man. That's why. 
Yeah, you know what? Bravo. They give you an award for that. I guess dad is the champ and dad champ. Yeah. Speaking of dad, uh, Isabella says hi, Bryn. That's my wife, and that and uh, love, love is my son Sterling's pet smallmouth. So, oh, he got a pet wow. smallmouth. High Sterling and high love, love. I got to hear about this pond you're building, and like I just look at all these Instagram reels you build in the pond. I'm like, this is right in my wheelhouse. What's going on here? I'm digging another pond. Um, digging another got, pond. <laughs> yeah, we've got one one-acre pond that's got some northern strain largemouth in it. I'm digging another two-and-a-half-acre pond, and then next summer I'm digging a five-acre pond, and they're going to all interconnect. <laughs> It's going to be the Brennan Chain of Lakes. It's yes, going to be the yes, Brennan yes. Chain. <laughs> yes, that precisely. And uh, we're bringing in some Florida strains to Iowa to this pond. So we're going to see what else. How many bedrooms you got, Brennan? Is this going to be the paddle boat right now? But it's reserved for you as of now. On the on the Brennan chain of lakes in 2026, the paddle boat world is falling apart. We're gonna have a derby, dude. I'm gonna host the elites. I'm gonna host the elites, and we're gonna, you know, everybody gets like a a fraction of an acre, and you get your live scope out, and you can pitch at my my Florida strains, and we'll see who wins. That's the thumbnail for this, Bailey. Like, (laughs) there's our reel right there. Gonna host the elites. Yes, I'm just gonna I'm gonna Photoshop Brendan on a bucket. With a live scope bundle, like ice bundle, just just fishing his ponds. <laughs> and I didn't see it on the 2024 schedule, which is weird. But I would imagine in 2025 they'll be stopping by. <laughs> we got the Brennan Chain of Lakes in Iowa. I don't know. Mean? I, I kind of like the Chapman Chain of Lakes. I feel like that's catchy. That's a good one. Chapman too. Chain. I love it. Yeah, I chain. love it. But yeah, we've been digging a pond, so that's been really cutting into our fall fishing time. But I'm taking a smallmouth trip and two weeks to kind of make up for all of the lack of fall fishing I've had lately. So pretty cool though. I'm excited to get it done. Heck yeah, Heck yeah dude. Uh, we'll, we'll need full permission for the fantasy fishing crew to come fish those next year and do live fantasy You're, on the ponds. You guys are all welcome anytime. Deal. Well, we are almost an hour and a half into this and we have not gone down the schedules yet. Cause that kind of <laughs> threw us for a loop to be fair. That threw us for a quick news. We're going till 1 a.m., dude. Let's go. Oh, I can't do that. Check <laughs> it up, Buttercup. I was oh, going to say, Andy's going to be asleep in 30 minutes. I'm getting there. I've been up since 4 a.m., so I'm getting there. <laughs> All right, so let me let me run down the BPT schedule for next year, which uh, what I'll do. Uh, uh, there he is. He's back. Gosh, I swear I'm going to call Spectrum and say mean things tomorrow. They're going to tell you to move. I have other things in my brain I want to say. (laughs) All right. So what I'll do is I'll run down this BPT schedule. Um, I'll just run down through them. We won't stop on each one. We'll run down them, and then we'll kind of just recap any that stick out to you guys. You want to throw them up on the screen, too, so our viewers I'm getting there, homie. Damn. Sorry. Chill out, dude. Bailey's got that bad internet connection. He's not as fast as you. Dude, off of Instagram. Turtle speed, right? Yeah. Bailey's a little slower than normal right now. You'll have to forgive him. It's one of those weeks, all right? He's got a lot going on. Give me a break. Uh, uh, So we'll go through these. Keep in mind, every fish counts now in 2024. This is not five fish anymore. Um, so starting the year off, January 30th to February 5th. Cold for that one. Uh, 25th. Oh. All right, Hold Bailey, on. you're breaking up. Got to boot him. Hold up. 
make the screen bigger. There we go. All right. I'm going to say him, Bailey, so we don't have you going in and out. We've got stage one at Toledo Bend, January 30th through February 4th. Stage two at Santee Cooper, February 20th through the 25th. Lay Lake, March 14th through the 17th. Obviously, that's the Red Crest, so not everyone can fish that, those who qualify for Red Crest. Dale Hollow in April. That'll be sweet. Uh, Lake Eufaula is stage four, April 30th through May 5th. Kissimmee Chain in May. A lot of Florida late in the year this year. That's cool to see. That's heavy hitters. Uh, and then rounding out things, the Cha Chawan River in Edenton, North Carolina. I don't think we've seen that before. That'll be really cool. Mm -hmm. And then uh, James River. That's been I've noticed BPT and or you know Major League Fishing's been hitting James River a decent amount. And then rounding things out at St. Lawrence. So really from end of January through August, and and they're in and out. Can I say one thing really quick? He's back. It's an interesting schedule for uh, as many fish counts. Dude, that's a disappointing schedule for every fish counts, other than the Chowan River, which I don't know what you know what yeah. that holds, right? Like maybe it's fantastic, but like I see these bodies of water, and I'm like, I would like to see the biggest five that come from those. Not every single fish counts. That's a little disappointing to me, at least. Toledo, yeah, for sure. Toledo, Santee, oof, those first two are like you want to see those giants, which they'll be seeing. Like, ew. has there ever been an event that started that early for elites? That's yeah. pretty early. That is early, man. Like, when I would did they say go to? Um, was it Douglas or Cherokee Lake in the elites for the opening February. event in Tennessee? Yeah, February. It was like what yeah. February eighth or ninth or something. It was like it was early, old. yeah. Dang. But yeah, that's early. Usually, you get like an open or two in. Have you seen how leagues. compact the elite? I know we're going to get to it, but that schedule is wild to me. Like they're done in five months. <laughs> like it's uh, it's pretty quick. The opens have like what was it like three times the amount of travel that the yeah. elites do or the something back to backs. Yeah. I really like how the elites are going back to backs to save guys on travel. I wish they would do that in every series, not just the top tier. Well, we, we'll get into that schedule here in a second. Any other takeaways from here? I mean, one thing I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm intrigued there. about, I'm, I'm pretty intrigued about Dale hollow. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they'll have like the entry requirement to weigh them for all the smallmouth in there. Cause I think that'd be over 18 inches right for dale hollow just to yeah. weigh a small mouth like in a regular tournament so can they not put them on a scale if they're under 18 inches because technically it's not a legal bass and yeah, what is not, it you're not keeping it though yeah but because they mean, normally have a minimum weight requirement but if they i think if they go off of legality I think they're allowed to because, I mean, dude, kayak tournaments mm -hmm. go through there and they go yeah. off 12 inches, not 18. So I feel right. like if they're not keeping them, they should be. It's fair. So so what is the minimum weight requirement? Do we know that for 2024? What, they change what? it for every for event eight? usually. Yeah. Okay. okay. Four pounds, Brennan. Yeah. With some of these bodies of water that we have here, I certainly hope it's four pounds. I really do. <laughs> After field zeros. Uh, though I like, I like, I mean, it's pretty b basic in my eyes as far as the same lakes. I like that Kissimmee's hit later in the year. 
um the chawan river that's cool right like that's something that that hasn't been showcased before i have no idea anything about it that's a completely new place maybe some guys will go pre-practice it um but that's that's neat to me mm -hmm. any other takeaways uh, I, we'll go to bass i don't think that this schedule will be hurt as bad without the you know what i mean it's not like you go to Toledo Bend and catch a ton of one pounders, right? If you're on the fish to win, you're probably going to catch a bunch of big fish. That's my guess. More than likely, it's just that it's knowing that Saint you Lawrence could. Day. It's knowing that you could compete with yeah. a bunch of two pounders versus two seeing pounders. like what, for example, recent example like what Milliken did. Like, I would rather watch that as a viewer as opposed to watching a dude slay two pounders to get to that same or more weight over four days. Yeah, I guess that's my perspective. But St. Lawrence I, I River, someone will find one of those river mega schools of two two and a half pounders. Right, and right. Just yeah. clean. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And then and then back to the whole point of efficiency, right? Like that's what tournament fishing is turning into. It's like the more drops you have, the more dots you have, this and that in a day. I think the biggest advancement we've seen, especially with the BPT guys, and I think you're seeing it trail over into the elites in these smallmouth derbies, is when the fish are biting in a place like the St. Lawrence, it's like upping your line size and getting them to the freaking boat. Like with 12 pound test, you're just boat flipping and going to the next one, the next one, the next one, rather than having to fight a fish on six or eight pound line. Um, back to this format, it's going to turn into that, right? Like it's just efficiency as many as you can get in the boat a day. So real fast on the Chowan river, there was just a, a tournament there recently for the this fall in twenty four five nine won it for a team tournament. Large in the fall, is it large, large mouth. Mouth place. Okay. Yeah, so apparently it's got some big fish in it. So yeah, that's cool. cool. That is cool. Yeah, and I was just reading something else that says um, there are bass up to ten pounds regularly caught in that river. So that is one major appreciation that I do have towards BPT is like their willingness to go outside of the norm yeah. in terms of bodies of water to fish. I, I do think that's fantastic. And I wish and maybe by going to 50 people, that even opens it up back to the, you know, even oh, more. It for sure does, dude. Like you, you could fish in theory a 10,000 acre lake, you know, like I, I don't think that's ideal still, but like you could spirit lake here mm -hmm. we come brennan let's go dude yeah <laughs> go. i got a couple come to chapman chain dude come on out <laughs> chapman chain baby chapman i got a chain. spot for you everybody you gets one designated <laughs> spot you get yeah so two designated casts <laughs> real fast for that tournament i'm looking up the results here real fast basically every team in the top 20 had a fish that they weighed for big fish over five pounds with the big fish of the event being eight two six and the second biggest fish was seven six five and there was one two three four five six seven eight nine nine fish weighed over six Sounds is it like good. a big river or is it like a keith pochet pick him for fantasy lock that's what i was thinking i think it's a relatively large river because they have I think it was 85 boats in this tournament. No. Oh, uh, oh. Yeah. So, Could you imagine the amount of locals that are just angry that this yeah. is yeah, well, getting you, you know, shown? You like a Marty Stone play, right? Like, isn't he we're, in North Carolina? Like, I'm sure it was like, oh, boy, we're going to go here. Dude, right. People are all so, right. Like, there's death letters being written right now. <laughs> yeah. right. You sure. know good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it it actually looks like it's a relatively large river. It dumps into the 
Elvin Marley's sound, which ultimately dumps into the Atlantic, but it looks like it runs all the way up into Virginia, which is, is that a tidal fishery then? It looks like it's tidal, it yeah. Is. That's cool. Yeah. Super cool. Oh, I love oh, having a steroids geography yeah. for us. It's the best. He digs into that stuff. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? This is cool. Well, I know like the Noose River, which is in southern North Carolina, is a really big river. So I was assuming it was a decent size river because i have family that lives on the noose so yeah hey. interesting it'll be cool the stats is on interesting comment here from advanced bass fishing statistics it says the only thing to like in the mlf changes is that they are moving to four days and dumping the a and b groups in 2025 if 2020 another thing happens. that's just like the, the confusion man yeah i mean i like it's good it's simplifying it but at this point yeah. like, i'm just lost with all these it still looks like the reduction of overhead, though. Yeah. A couple less days on site, a couple oh, less days of cool. commentators, a couple less days. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It still yeah, looks that. like call a spade a spade, right? Yeah. Yeah. Call a spade a spade. It could also be other things, too, like positioning of um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Positioning themselves for different moves into the future without being too speculative on what they possibly could be doing. That's my play right there. So like, and being like working in the corporate world for many years and like financial institutions and cell phone companies, like whenever we saw drastic changes like this happening, there's two things that are happening. They're cutting, they're cutting stores or they're positioning themselves to sell. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. When you see like a duck, talks like a duck, (laughs) quacks like a duck, it's a deer. (laughs) jokes on you guys npfl is buying bass and mlf <laughs> now we're yeah love it i mean uh, like we, it's all speculative right we don't know what's going to happen but it's it's interesting to say the least yeah. but let's move on all right elite series schedule looks very similar in regards to starting at toledo bend a couple mm-hmm. weeks after bpt uh, Lake Fork in February 29th to March 3rd. There will be some big Juans caught at that one, I am sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harris Chain, April 11th to 14th. Uh, turning right back around to St. John's River. Was somebody going to mention something there? Everything? Oh, just... No, I mean... I thought I heard something. Um, I'll say something. I'm tired of the St. John's, but anyway. I was cool. just going to say. At least it's that it's not the move the St. John's. At least it's, a, at least it's in April. I have no idea. Yeah, what for sure. Good point. Lake, going back to Lake Murray, May 9th through 12th. Wheeler Lake, June 13th to 16th. Uh, June 27th to 30th at Smith. And then ending the season back up north on Champlain and St. Lawrence in August. It's been a long time since I've gone to Smith in, in an Elite Series event, right? Well, the last one was what Takahiro won, I think, throwing a square bill on like one log for four days, and it was <laughs> yeah, like flooded. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you're you're an encyclopedia. Wait, what if he? Unless you look that up. That no, I, I, I actually did not look it up. I remember watching live on that event for oh like all God. four days while sitting at my. If desk he goes right. back to the same log and catches not all the same fish, <laughs> but same caliber, right, and is competitive, yeah. but he does it on live, is it instantly not that fun to watch? And everybody's complaining. 
Yeah. Ban it. Ban square bills. Ban the same waypoints. Yeah. <laughs> Ban Lee Livesey from fishing Lake Fork. He, he fishes the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Mm. I, I like it. I mean, Murray's going to be fun. That was a fun event to watch this year with something like Topwater, some um, you know, wake baits, things like that, and different things that play that we don't usually see at some events. Um, but beyond that, I feel like it's early status quo for recent yeah, events and we'll go even further on the encyclopedia wheeler lake also takahiro won no yeah was it omari yeah won there last time with the spook because he was battling out with lafibra hey you're flexing too hard bro <laughs> i've watched a lot of bassmaster youtube <laughs> i can't remember <laughs> that for, i don't remember how to look for lunch years. like yeah. <laughs> got a comment here looks like a great schedule for koya aoi Bold I predictions. I like it. Should we make our AOI predictions for next year now? That yes. uh, gosh, holy cow, that is. It, here's what we could do. We could do like you know how NFL does like the uh, they literally put out a predictions for the next season the day after the Super Bowl, like the 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 pre 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 prediction they put out. Okay, we could do that, and then we'll our first show for next year, do another updated prediction. Dude, the stakes have to be high though. Like there won't Man, just be wiggle work being sent out. Like. Stakes are high for this one. Three-day trip to the Chapman Chain of Lakes, lodging <laughs> included. Breakfast lodging included. That's right. Bring your tents. Lodging will be included. In a high-end facility. Yes. Yeah. In Chain of Lakes. Yeah. The yeah. loser has to do like 60 push-ups on camera live. Until they're <laughs> on, all done. on the water, too. Like You have to be able to do push-ups like on four water. So if yeah. we're all wrong on the AOI, time. then are we all doing push-ups at the same time? <laughs> hey, we for sure need to, with how uh, awesome this uh, Eat Bassmaster EQ race was, we don't totally need to include ROI on here, too, as far as Ricky. Oh, I already got my ROI. It's John Garrett, 100%. Yeah. That's a tough one to I don't know, do. though, man. Who's the... who? What's his name again? Who won the whole JT? Play? JT, JT. Yeah, he already talked about he's pre-practicing all these lakes already, man. Or is like for the for the elite. So it's yeah, like, but we've seen that burn people, man. John Garrett's been to every freaking lake on God's yeah, and he's been there people. every year. He's seen just about everything at this point. Like between college, missing the opens by like less than ten points for like the past three, four years, it seems <laughs> like the dude has got the repertoire needed. I mean, we had him on the show this year. And he was calm. He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to the biggest community holes, and that's where I'm catching all my fish." Consistent as hell. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Oh, he's he's a stud, dude. He's overdue to make the elite series. Glad this. They're all damn good, but I don't know. Should, I, I think we should do a pre pre prediction for AOI. I think that'd be fun. I agree. We'll put Andy on the spot. Have him go first. Oh God. <laughs> I have to. Like, I like it. Go- like Miss you, Andy. It's <laughs> well, just a fun because I um hold on. I gotta go look because I'm so like out of touch at the moment. I don't even remember who like Spooch. all the anglers are at the moment. So give me a second. No, you're good. I'll I'll go first then and I'll say it's kind of running some recency bias, but I think Patty Walters AOI next year. That's a good one. That's a great pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Deacon, you're next in line in the box thing. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm probably gonna take Bloomer's pick here, but uh man, I, I think I think Bryant Smith is hitting his stride, dude. And uh I think he's here, he's at the big show now, he's shown how deadly he is doing everything. 
I I have no qual. I wouldn't be all that surprised to see him win AOI next year. O'Brien, beam team, beam team, baby. Boomer, yeah. you're you're muted. I, I got one real fast. We're gonna make you go late now because you weren't ready. Right. We're gonna yeah. go, you're gonna last. <laughs> I, I I have it so. <laughs> I'm so glad I was muted because I was cursing you when you said Walter. <laughs> I, was, I said all kinds of stuff and you guys didn't react. And I'm like, oh, fine. They don't want to hear me. It's got to be Walters. Oh, did you say Walter? He's, oh. just, he's just fishing too good. He's fishing too many circuits. God, he's got to be the highest odds. I do appreciate and- the Brian Smith, though, because, yeah. Cause that, he is the kind of knucklehead that would just accidentally get an AOI. And he'd be like, I don't know how I did it. Two <laughs> percent. Totally. 2%. His interviews would be like, well, I, I caught some bass and uh, I put them in my ranger. You ain't scoping, and, you're hoping. <laughs> exactly. Dude, I there's exactly. just like when when I fish tournaments, I'm I'm a you know, we have fun, don't get me wrong, especially when you're catching them, but there's times when I'm like, I'm pretty serious, dude. I cannot get enough of watching guys like Bryant, like a John Cox. Like, dude, who's the kid in the opens that just qualified for the elites? That's a, like a the forty-four tackle. Um, he's the same way. Just Tyler Williams, giddy about life. Like, I'm like, I this is sick. Why? Why can't I be like this fishing term? You, just, you like, would hate fishing with me then, Deacon, because I am that way all the time. Like, I, I just giddy when I catch one. Just when a I'm, kid the whole time. Time. Dude, I'm like casting. I'm like singing to the fish in a tournament. It's freaking hilarious. Bailey can I try to be that way oh, all the time exactly right. until I, I backlash in like a random boat way because I'm trying to skip docks and I'm like slamming stuff <laughs> <You> break <laughs> rocks. Piss, I'm right back to singing <laughs> dude I've I've never laughed so hard than when we literally had a wake boat go by Andy <laughs> is trying to skip a dock so like four footers are going in on this dock and he skips bird's nest gets mad Gets it done. There's still like freaking at this point, like two, three footers in the stock. Tries there's to only, like, dude, wait a second. And he's like, only like eight minutes left again. in the derby. <laughs> he gets pissed again, tries to skip, just face plants into a wave. He's like, what the heck? And I'm like, dude, you're not skipping that. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Good oh, times. Gosh. Uh, Brennan, what do you got for AOI? All right, bold pick, but I'm going Jay Shakurit, and I have reasons to back it up, too. And I have reasons to back up my rookie of the year as well, if you'd like okay. to hear him. But I'm going Jay Shakurit on AOI. Uh, what's your, what's your mm. name for Shakurit? Um, I mean, just familiarity, probably the biggest one, right? Like most of these bodies of water he's been to now um, at the Elite Series level. So I feel like that lends itself well. And the dude's just an absolute stud. The kid's on a tear. Um, I, what did he finish up AOI this year? He was top 20. I want to tell you he was top. Well, he was top five. Was he not? I think he, he had an honest chance going into the last event to seal up AOI. If, uh, if Kyle Welcher didn't go on a tear. I think you're right. So, I mean, he was right there. And even his rookie year, he was top 20. Now he's got three or two years of experience. And then a lot of these bodies of water are familiar to him now. Like there's no reason why he couldn't seal the deal this year. So I'm going Jay Shakira. I dig it. All right, Andy. Turn Luke off. Palmer. Ah, interesting. Because he, he can beam now and 
he proved that he can catch him just about anywhere with live scope and it's a live scopers derby. He figured out how to catch smallmouth up North and now he's just going to excel everywhere else. Like he almost won a classic, right? Basically doing the same thing. He's catching him up North. I'm, I just have a hunch. It's going to be Luke Palmer. He's on fire and he's, he's close. He's knocking on the door. Dang. I can see it. I'd, I'd love to see it. Yeah. I don't know. That's actually a good one. Yep. All right, real fast, run around the horn here for ROI. I already said John Garrett, but Deacon, are you going with JT then, like you mentioned earlier? Nope, he dropped off. Never mind. Brendan, what do you got? What do you got for ROI? Just gas, just gas. You know, oh, he's, he's going Ben. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I'd be all in on that. I think I'm going to throw in there. I think Milliken might win Toledo Bend, <laughs> but sure. I don't. But I don't know if he will win ROI. Because <laughs> it's so tough. Right? I don't know either, but I wouldn't bet against the guy. So I'm yeah. I'm going Ben. I could see him one and one next year. I mean, remember too, he's got a classic to go fish. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I mean, he he's I mean, his dreams are have already come true. Like, what's he got to lose at this point? You know? Mm-hmm. He's I, know I feel like he's the kind of guy mentally that's like, okay. Yes, this is like huge for me. I'm on the elites now. I'm going to the classic. Now he's like, you know, F that. I want to win an elite event. I want to win a classic. Well, he's already proven that he can block out all of the world, right? Like, can you imagine the amount of pressure going into the opens this year, like where you're putting yourself out there and he has no reason to. Like he he has everything that he could already dream for. So putting yourself out there and falling flat on your face, like that's that's scary to think about. Like he blocked all that out. And it came down to the last event with his back against the wall. And frankly, like that's if I was fishing against any version of Ben Milliken, the Ben Milliken back against the wall, Ben, is the last one I'd want to fish against. So I don't know. I, I think he's already put it all out there. What is what has he got to lose? Like if he doesn't requalify, who cares? You know? Yeah, he's like, okay, I'll just go back to my five hundred plus thousand YouTube subscribers. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I did it. I my dreams well, have already come true. So, and that's the thing. Could you even say his year was a failure because it's his first year fishing, basically nationally, right? And he still ended in the top twenty of points at that point. If he finished in the top fifty at Harris Chain, you could literally say that is an extremely successful season on the opens, especially with a win. No, like doubt, he, no doubt. Nobody's going to be questioning his angle, angling ability with a top 20 finish in the EQs with a win. Yeah. And I mean, like, as I said earlier, he's a YouTuber, but he's a tournament fisherman and a YouTuber, right? Tournament mm-hmm. fisherman first and happens to have a successful YouTube channel. Like he's used his, his business, his YouTube channel to travel around the world and fish or the United yeah. States and fish like he's not just a youtuber like the dude's mm-hmm. been there done that he's fished everything there is to fish accumulated it all the experiences that you need to experience to have a successful year on the elite series including a number of these bodies of water in 2024 yeah. so didn't he almost yeah. win that uh bass uh pro shops us open deal yeah. he, he did he yep. won the qualifier right to get there or yep. the- Top three bullshit yep. or whatever. Yep. And a lot of people don't know this, but like Ben's had a ton of success in the TBFs fishing in the Midwest, like a ton of success. So he's yeah, already fished a lot of like national tournaments, just not like maybe nationally recognized to us, but like he's fished a ton of big stuff and and been very competitive. And then now, like, like I said, he's traveled around, he's fished everywhere there is to fish. Like mm-hmm. 
I'm putting words in his mouth and he's too humble of a guy to admit it, but he, he's capable of winning rookie of the year, if not AOI. I, I really do believe that. I want to know how much money he made selling his waypoints because that was genius. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Now that he's yeah. an elite and he has everything else going for him, I'm sure that price went up. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right. I'd have bought the damn waypoints. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. so was it Boomer and Andy, ROI? Did you guys have ROI? Yeah, I'm going John Garrett, I think. Oh, God. Sorry. But, I have uh, no originality left. Sorry. Okay, Boomer. What do you got? It's got to be Garrett. I- I'm a Garrett guy, too. He's just a grinder, man. Like, And I think, I think when he lost it in 19 because he had six fish in his live well in Arkansas and then bounced back, I think that's pretty cool. I'm impressed with that because – not only did he go back in in 20 and 21 when all of the economy went crazy and everybody and their mom was fishing, but he endured two years in the opens when it was a bloodbath. It was so yeah. close every time. I like the mental strength in that because he could have made it 19. He made a right. stupid mistake. That's a good point. You know what happens. So. And be a cool think of what his resources look like right now. Cody right. Huff's his buddy who's gotten all of his training from the man, you know, so. And all the other guys he fished with and against yeah. uh, with college, college fishing that are in the elites now, things like that. I mean, that's I think a big part of it that doesn't get talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I think, he, I mean, sure. I think any of the rookies obviously could do really well next year. I mean, we saw what the rookie class did this year. Um, but I just think he's equipped best to do well or win rookie of the year next year. Mm-hmm. If you look at like, I think it's a fair statement. Yeah. Um, but Deacon, like that'd be a cool show to have Garrett on because he was he got he was given that Ford Lightning, that new uh, electric <laughs> Ford truck. Um, I'm curious if he's actually still even running that. But that could be a <laughs> ran cool out of charge. Yeah, yes. that's, uh, the he's whole, at a charging station yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, until next season, he's charging up until for next, next year. <laughs> like, just think about how much longer that would make. Like, especially Boomer and I, as far as like Table Rock's going to be 20 plus hours, right, to get there. And it's like. Man, if you have to stop every whatever amount of hours pulling a boat, like man, that turns into a forty-hour trip pretty quick. Oh yeah, spent a lot of time in the passenger seat charging your truck. There's an awesome meme of a dude running with a forty-five hundred Honda generator. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, in the he's back. got an electric truck, and it's it's. Oh, boomer! Everybody, <laughs> I know. I think it's like we've been streaming for too long. Streamyard's like, you know, guys, I think we're about done here, dude. This is the first time it isn't me, though. Can we celebrate that for a second? It's because it's because you're at headquarters, right? Like, Thank you. knock on wood. It's just it's just World War Three starting. So next, Deacon's gonna fade out, and then Brennan, and then Andy, and you are screwed. <laughs> If it's just me, then I win. I win fantasy for next year, right? If it's just me left standing, <laughs> yes. Right. yes. It's, it's tournament organizations that they're blocking Wi-Fi blocking yeah. <laughs> situations for us, like talking crap about things. Dude, it was MLF got word of this. They got wind and they started shutting Boomer down. They're hacking. They're hacking into our uh, our deal. Yep. Yeah. Look at Boomer, though. He looks happy, does he not? (laughs) He looks great. (laughs) He's fired up, man. (laughs) Good for you, Boomer. Let's give him a round of applause. Nice job, Boomer. (laughs) Good to see you so happy over there, bud. (laughs) Well, boys. uh, No, he's back in. He's got double double Boomer. Throw in double Boomer. Oh, no. (laughs) 
got doubled yes. all the other ones. Oh no. <laughs> He's alive. He's alive. That's oh, just what happens when you make fun of the electric vehicle market. All of a sudden yeah. your internet goes out. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, do you guys have any closing remarks for tonight's show, being that we're coming up on two hours? I'm excited for 2024 and right. Like fancy fishing. It basically starts in two months, two and a half months. So that is crazy. Yeah. It's not two and a half months. What are you well, about? no, three months. Sorry. Cause if we're doing MLF, their first events right at the end of January, beginning of February, we're from Buffalo, man. We don't do math. Well, yeah. <laughs> math is hard. We're, it we're is hard. The uneducated over here. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh, All right, well, boys. Me, but yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we've seen me try to do math on this show plenty of times. It never turns that well. Um, so, hey. boys, fun show as always. Uh, this was a good time tonight, especially because we had some breaking news that threw us for a freaking curveball yeah. and a half. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed it. You guys don't have anything else? We'll close it out here. Twenty twenty four schedule looks interesting, uh, and we'll come back with you guys on. Uh, who, uh, what, what baits were sent to our champion, uh, Mr. Adam Deacon, as well as when Boomer gets the trophy. Um, but appreciate you guys as always. See you on the next one. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you like some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.